This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome back to the garage. Welcome back to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined, as always, by my bosom buddy, Bobby Castrone. Oh, yeah. It is the 2018 Throwback Podcast. The all-new. It's the new us. It's the new us. You look great. You look uh, like you're keeping to your resolutions. Oh, yeah. I am on my Peloton bike. I'm watching what I eat. Look out, world. <laughs> I'm going the opposite direction. I give up. <laughs> You're giving up in 2018? Giving up in 2018. I kind of gave up in 2017, and I'm just going to keep going in that direction. I like it, Bob. That means we don't have a lot of time left because as we get older and you just celebrated another birthday. Yeah, another birthday. Um you're inching toward 40, and now it's to the point, like, all through our... Can you give me 38 and 39 before I'm, like, inching towards 40? Well, like it is what it is. Remember when I said that to your wife, who was a little older than us, and she got really pissed at me? This was, like, seven years well, ago. Well, no, what you started doing when we were, uh, when I started dating uh, Heather, is we were in our late 20s, and she was, like, 31, 32, <laughs> And the phrase that you would use constantly barreling. about us being in our late 20s is you would say, we're just barreling towards 30. Which is such an asshole thing for people in their 20s to say. <laughs> people in their 20s are very hung up about turning 30. And then by the time you're about to turn 40, it seems all very silly. Well, I think you broke her eventually. And um, I think that Not you- pr- on purpose, by the You way. knocked her down a few pegs and she <laughs> married me. So it all worked. It all worked out. So thank you for that. Oh, good, good. Um, what my, my point being, and apologies to Heather once again, uh, um- that in the past, when we were teenagers, I remember, Bob, you and I in high school um, wanting to get into better physical shape. So we <laughs> obtained some creatine. Yeah. Which yeah. was a weightlifting supplement that was popular at the time. Maybe it was, it's still popular. I it don't was know. brand new. And it was like the, the buzz about this new this new, like right. amazing uh, workout supplement that like you took it and it made you strong. It gave you more energy and it made you stronger. Right. And yeah, these two fatties. So we we <laughs> tracked down. Some creatine, and we pooled our money and bought like one of those buckets, if I right. recall. And we started taking the creatine, and then we would run around the track twice. We would uh, <laughs> we would take like gigantic shakes, <laughs> and then go to the Pearl River High School track. Do maybe run a mile? Maybe <laughs> that's it. Might have be two laps for half a mile, then walk two laps, then go home, do eleven push-ups, and be like, <laughs> I'm getting bigger. I don't even know if I did that, and I know. <laughs> We were very bad in general with like knowledge of fitness because also I don't know if we talked about it on this podcast, but when you and I rekindled our friendship after our hi- hiatus uh, over the um, uh, when we were on the soccer team. Well, yeah, friends, friends in elementary school took middle school off. No you, one cares. You need a little backstory yeah, about hiatus. Care. What? Okay. I mean, they just were like hiatus. What? Well, it doesn't matter. It does matter. That's in their mind. The listeners no, like the listeners. I'm were, not sure what the hiatus references. I don't care. They would have been like hiatus. Is this a television show? Like, I don't know what's happening anymore. You need me. to. Yes, help it was a television show. It. They actually guessed it right. We did a television now show you're together confusing called them hiatus. Again. Now you're confusing them again. <laughs> just tell the story. Uh, anyway, so when we were um, on the soccer team, when we were in eighth grade, there were double sessions, which meant practice at 7 a.m. or 8, 8 a.m. And then uh, there would be a break. And then like at 3 p.m., there would be another practice. There would be a lot of conditioning involved. It sucked. I hated it. I still have bad memories about it. And in between, you would have like three to five hours to kill. And I would usually just like hit the gym and just keep pumping iron. <laughs> 
but you you told me not to do that anymore. Definitely not true. What what we would do is we'd go to the Walgreens that was adjacent to the high school and get two gigantic Arizona iced teas, like the ones that are bigger than Jay Z's dick, like that size of the Arizona <laughs> equal, can, equal to Jay Z's right. dick. And we just slug those down. And can you imagine the amount of sugar and carbs that we're pouring back into our bodies after we did all this uh, all this conditioning in, in soccer? We just threw away all the gains. We could have gotten laid so much more <laughs> if we just had a balanced diet. Could we have, though? No. No. And that's, yeah, that's... So that's it, what it, it didn't help matters. Though. It definitely did not help matters. So I'm going back to that. My, my resolution was to actually kind of go back to, like, at least one gigantic Arizona iced tea a day. <laughs> I want to like long for the dad bod I once had. Hmm. Yeah. You'll get there quickly because, you know, <laughs> as, as we age, it's harder to do this stuff. And um, what the point I wanted to make was if you really do follow through on this resolution, we're now getting toward the age where we could die. Yeah, no, that is true. Like, I oh, am... What happened to Bob? Oh, Bob died because uh, his heart exploded <laughs> because he treated himself like shit. <laughs> Oh, that's so terrible. He's so young. He wasn't that young. What, Bob, the same Bob that when he was like 17, they used to go to McDonald's every day for lunch and have two cheeseburgers and French fries and a shake? Like, he tried doing that again and couldn't pull it off? (laughs) It's a miracle that he made it this far. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so we're back from our hiatus. Uh, Wait, now what hiatus? I'm so confused now. Hiatus starring Terry Savalas, Bob Kestron, and The one from middle school? I don't even know anymore. And Vic Morrow, right before his uh, Twilight (laughs) Zone accident. Um, I was doing, I fell down a Vic Morrow wormhole. That's the most specific wormhole. Um, if you're not familiar with Vic Morrow, he was an actor, uh, in the seventies, a well-known actor. And, uh, he was in the movie version of the twilight zone directed by John Landis. And he was decapitated, uh, by a helicopter, uh, crash that Landis was charged with manslaughter, uh, got off, but also two young children were killed too. Oh, wow. And if you watch on YouTube, you could actually see. Um, the moment where him and the child are killed by the propeller blade on YouTube. Yeah, it's on YouTube because it was a major court case about, um, as you know, Bob is a director of a film on the silver screen. There are very strict codes to how the child labor and when what you're allowed to do and when you can do it. And he and John Landis, you should fall down this wormhole. They, broke all the rules and right. got burned. They don't. So let, did Vic. They don't let you decapitate people anymore. No. I tried decapitating Hillary Duff during Flock of Dudes, um, and it did, they didn't let me. Right. Well, actually, you did. You you landed a blow in the neck, but she's a very strong neck as it turns she's out. She's strong and bounced you know, right off. She didn't deserve it. She was no. a great person. I don't know why I tried to do it. No. Um, the best part of. Your flock of dudes movie. So many great scenes. Oh, in the oh film, yeah. Of tell me about it. Thank you. Um, but the best part of the lead up to flock of dudes was the Hillary Duff fan girls and boys, I suppose, that were writing blogs and other news items breathlessly awaiting her <laughs> movie. And she had like, what, 10 lines, maybe? No, she does more than that. But yeah, they were the only people that cared about it for for as we were doing post-production. I was constantly getting tweets from the Hillary Duff fans just like dying to know what Hillary was doing in the movie. Um, so, so much to talk about, Bob, but we should, uh, as you see, uh, by looking at your mobile device or your laptop or a desktop computer, whatever you use to consume this media, we are talking about what? Should we start over? <laughs> January. <laughs> the, the hiatus made us sloppy. We don't know what we're doing anymore. January 1997, Bob, which was 
21 years ago this week. Yeah, we decided we're going to hit a uh, hit a week in uh, of music. Look at the modern rock charts and see right. what was on there. In fact, we might be doing more of this. Uh, I almost look at it, even though it was a short break, as season two of our podcast. Ooh, I like that. I'm going to look at it that way. You want to jump on board with that? Yeah, because we did how many of season one? 20... Too many. Too many. Too many. And this is the beginning of season two. And we're going to mix in a lot of these like lists, little countdowns. Uh, So we're going to go down the alternative rock charts in the week uh, of January 18th, 1997, from 20 all the way to one. How about that? Let's fly. Let's do it. By the way, you know what happens at the end of season two for the season three cliffhanger? We fuck. When I have my heart attack. (laughs) (laughs) So we're setting the groundwork right now. We're in good shape. Oh, that, the only thing would be kind of there'd be a lot of gravitas to it would be um, me doing the show from your grave. I give you full. I, I insist <laughs> on that, actually. Like, obviously, we at the funeral because I'm going to be buried in this garage. <laughs> put you right under the garage. Yeah. Um, or it'd be like the who's the um, who's the the Russian guy that's been on display for decades. Is it Lenin? Yeah, that sounds right. Um on display for like 150 years behind glass and they have to keep his body from falling apart. Let's do that with you in this garage. Do an eternal flame, but instead of like some special oil, just have it be Deschutes New Chair NWPA, which is what That's I'm drinking, what drinking tonight. tonight. Yeah. I'm drinking Makers on the Rock, so watch out. It could get sloppy. It's going to be fun. The other thing that I'm going to do with your body behind the glass, I'm going to put in some silicone and inject you to a permanent boner <laughs> <laughs> for the rest of time. As as you'll be nude also will. under the glass. Well, I would hope so. Yeah. No, I don't think Stalin or Lenin or whatever is nude. But you'll they be. They are. Nude. They are when I go to visit. All right. So let's start with this um, on the pop charts. But oh, you want to tell me what was going on? In- do we still want to do that in season two? I don't know. We don't have to. We can do it when we want, I guess. All right. Well, here's what was happening in January '97. Uh, that was the month that they instituted the television rating system. Oh, yeah. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird in both ways. It's kind of weird to think that that wasn't always there. And it's kind of weird to think that we needed it. Well, here's my question. You have a stricter policy with media with your children. Um, Yeah, I'm an involved dad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You are very like on top of that stuff. And do you actually go by that guy? Because if you and Heather don't do it, then nobody's doing it. Oh, no, we go next level. I don't even trust that guy. I go to commonsensemedia.org. And look to see That's like stupid. what they what they say it's okay for kids to watch. Why don't you use your own common sense? Ooh, <laughs> just knocked me down a peg. <laughs> no, but seriously, what does that tell you? It tells you what's appropriate and what's not. Well, like we almost showed Dean uh, the movie Elf, right? Which I, which I think is probably mostly appropriate. That's totally appropriate. However, there's it's said in Common Sense Media. How oh, he, there's there's a hardcore anal gangbang scene in it. The yeah. anal gangbang, I don't think he's ready for. You have to be at least eight for that. Can't believe Zooey uh, did that. There's like a little Zooey. Zoe? There's like a little. <laughs> Who cares? There's uh, no. They also say that like Santa's not real and that par- some people think parents do it. And even though it's like in the context Ooh. of the movie, I was like, that's a red flag for me because I think that like our son would latch on to that. And I don't want him to think Santa's not real. Or even that people think Santa's not real. All right. This all sounds very silly. But okay. I respect so, your... Common I, I sense would not call you out on your parenting. need a whole website to tell me how to parent my kid. You use your common sense. So, but you don't use the rating system. And if you don't no. use the rating system, nobody's using it. What else is It's happening? stupid. Yeah. 
Uh, Dennis Rod. We were talking about that for so long. Dennis Rodman kicked that dude uh, cameraman in the balls. Yeah, that was that was not right. Yeah, not right. And uh, Brian Gumble anchored his last Today Show, and the following Monday, uh, first week of January, Matt Lauer took over and is mm. still hosting to this day. Mm. Not quite. Oh. Matt Matt kind of blew it. Okay. My wife actually watches the Today Show every morning, which is crazy. It makes me feel like we're very much older than we are. Mm-hmm. But she says it brings her comfort, and she started watching it when she moved to New York by herself when she was 23, and now it keeps her feeling warm, which I think is the the goal of those programs. Your wife worked at NBC. Did Matt Lauer ever invite her into his office and press the button? Yeah, actually, he's in the house right now. Okay. He's... Does he bring does he bring his little fuck button with him wherever he goes now? <laughs> yes. Does he close his doors? I don't even I thought that was the only thing like people like, oh, that's terrible. It's like and yes, it was terrible. What Matt Lauer used his power for. But the button, if used properly, which oh. was just like, I don't want to get up. Yeah. Or get the fuck out of my office. And then you want to like time it up. So it closes right as the person walks out. No, it would just lock the door. Oh, it wasn't like a oh, I was thinking like um the guy from uh, Parks and Recs, Ron Swanson, had like an automatic closing Mm-mm. door. No, this was like your was just you, a, oh, the, a, a fuck lock. A, yeah, it was a or fuck a, button or a jerk lock. Right, but that wouldn't be bad. That would make sense. Get my jerk lock on. Yeah. Anyway, what I'm saying is it wasn't. It was used for evil. It didn't have to be. Didn't have to be. Where Unless you, you're where... the type of person that views a jerk lock at at the at, <laughs> at not... the office is a bad thing. <laughs> Okay, and that's all I got. Oh, number one song in America. So number one song on this the uh, actual charts, not the modern rock charts. It's not the actual charts, Bob. You know, be a professional. What is it? It's the Billboard Pop Top 100, like the Hot 100 charts. All right, well, like or is it? Come on. Well, you be, said, like, be, the, be pro- the real charts. Be professional. The one that everybody cares about. Hot 100. That's there what it's go. called. All Here right. we go. Which is the big one. The big one. Yeah. That's what I said. You don't, hear, you don't hear a Spanish guitar much anymore. Only when we do this and Brian Adams. An asshole. This is bad. This is Tony Braxton, Unbreak My Heart. Uh, yeah, I never liked this one. I want to get to the chorus. Okay. But I understand why people liked it. It's a good song for moms to masturbate to. It is. Just like run a bath. Yeah, run a bath or turn off the Today Show. Yeah. Step <laughs> yeah. inside. Turn off the Today Show. Go to town. It's like, oh, John's bowling tonight. <laughs> Got the bed to myself. I'll take out Becky. I'm going to light a candle. Listen to Tony. Uh, Tony banging Curtis Martin at this time. Really? Which was a great get for Curtis. Definitely. Yeah. Curtis Martin, one of the better looking uh, professional athletes of the 90s. So that was not like a wild pull to get a Tony Braxton. They were just a very handsome couple. All right. Cool. Anyway. Cool. That takes us to the top 20 countdown. And we're going to go in reverse order, just like a young Casey Kasem might do. Like a middle aged Adam Curry. (laughs) Middle. Oh, Adam Curry callback. (laughs) Like a 
was going to say something mean, John Sencio, but just like, hey, John, say, if you're listening, what's up, John? Like an uglier John Fugelsang. Fugelsang owned those VH1 charts in the early aughts. All right, here we go. So the top 20 songs on this week in 1997, 21 years ago today. Why did we choose 1997? No reason whatsoever. Literally no reason at all. That's that's kind of what we do. Mm. I know this one. You've got your ball, you've got your chain tied to me, tied, tied me up again. Who's got the little crash into me, Bob? Don't need this. Don't need this in my life. There was like Love a se- there was a minute there where I was like I was trying to feel it and like imagine myself listening to it now. Still don't need it in my life. I was thinking the other day while um, who was it? The Lumineers were on the radio, and I was thinking to myself how Dave Matthews Band was so huge and is now so off the grid, right? And like bands like the Lumineers and Mumford and Sons and whoever else just kind of filled that void which i guess makes sense because dave is old now but they don't do it better than dave did this is a great song come on bob i never liked it i mean i get it you're you're into it but and we know on the dan's mixtape episode from february march 96 i had satellite which i think was on the same album I think you're right. Or maybe the album before. You were a sneaky Dave Matthews fan in the this 90s. Is, well, it's funny. This is on the short list, too. And we talked about our slowdown mixes. or I've made slowdown mixes. You did, too, right? Slowdown for, for banging or for sleeping? It worked for me. It was both. <laughs> They're very similar acts. They really were. <laughs> like, my slowdown mixes is what I called them. Like, one word. Uh, I put them on in college to bang or to sleep. <laughs> or to bang and then sleep. I mean, that's ideal. Is if you just, you know, not have to switch mixes yeah. after you're done banging. If I could find the one I had from uh, senior year of college, it's got to be floating around somewhere. Um, I'm pretty positive this song's on it. Makes sense. This is good for banging and sleeping. You did it. There is a one kind of really uncomfortable line in the song. Do you know which one I'm thinking? Hike up your skirt a little more and show the world to me. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is that about? It's about her butthole. You don't think it's about her badge? No, no. He said in interviews, yeah, that's about a butthole. Really? He said, have you ever looked? Yeah, yeah. There was an interview he did once where he was like, have you ever looked deep into a butthole? It kind of looks like our solar system. Oh, stop. He's fucking around. No, he's never said any of that. <laughs> okay, I was going to say that. It's amazing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that a little bit problematic. Yeah, all right. Anyway, there you go. Crash into number me. twenty. What a beautiful song. Could have been lower. Um, you don't like Crash into Me? Huh? No, no. Yeah. No, we, we talked about it. There's like two Dave Matthews songs I like, and it's the one where Judah. The one where like Judah Friedlander hugs everybody in the music oh, yeah. video. Thank you. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> everybody, thank you. <laughs> That's, I don't know what that is. You're I like yod- these, you're yodeling. These are the Dave songs I like. I like Clash into me. Let me see your butthole. <laughs> I like Shot Hole Light. I like Is that um, Adam Sandler? <laughs> he also like you drink too much. 
I hate that song. I hate what would you say? Go back to mailman. I liked in the moment. I liked uh, ants marching. <laughs> I don't think that's the word. I liked. Um, I liked uh, when the world ends. Remember that one? That was off the 2000 album. No. When the world ends. You're saying I'm a Oh, I like the one. Uh, crazy thinking. Thinking. I like that one. And I like his. The last one I like was his solo album. Uh, oh, yeah. Grave that's, digger. That's legitimately great. Bunch of Would you my dig grave? my grave? I want to see your buttholes. <laughs> it's all about buttholes. And let you feel the pain. Mm. Robin's dancing effeminately right now. Oh, I'm fucking loving this. All right, we got to give the song some room before it gets to the chorus, which we need to let fly. This mm. is Love Fool by the Cardigans, one of the best pop songs of the 90s. Absolutely. Amazing an, song. An amazing song. Amaz- I love this so much. All right. Here we go. So hot, too. All right, so this is on the Cardigans album, First Band on the Moon. But it's also on a soundtrack, Bob, one that I think gave it a much broader fan base. Can you name that soundtrack? Fuck, I cannot. That makes sense, though. And Do you know anything, Bob? It's like the Austin Powers soundtrack. No, it was the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. Oh, that makes so much sense. Uh, The Cardigans, really good band that everyone thinks this is the only thing they ever did. Not true, everybody. They put out a lot of good music. Uh, I One of my favorite albums of like 2006, I think it was, was um, was a Cardigans album that had, it was like Super Gravity, something yep. or other. And it had one of the best singles, uh, You Need, I Need yes. Some Fine Wine and You, You Need to Be Nicer. It's great. one of the best songs of great, the odds. Great title. One of the best titles. Yeah. It's the... Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri of titles of music. It's <laughs> exactly. Like, I need some fine wine, comma, and you, comma, you need to be nicer. Wasn't it's that a, what it was? Yeah, it's a great song. Anyway, but that's that song. This is Loveful. It's like pure pop candy. Loved it when it came out. I remember listening to it on like an airplane on repeat and just being like, why is this song so good? She is also like, in terms of women I fell in love with as a teenager, people sleep on, I think her name is Nina. Well, you're sleeping and fucking is pretty similar. So <laughs> exactly. You could do both music. on her. Uh, she's up there. Like her and Stefani were probably battling in that oh, yeah. era. Beautiful. She's Swedish? Yes. Love that. Probably. Yeah. Sounds right. Norwegian of some some Norwegian type. But this song is also a little like deserves a little more credit. There's a little more going on in it than maybe you would think. Everyone always thinks of like Love me, love me. But it's got all these like little like parts to it that are very cool. Yeah. I love it. I could listen to that song forever. Well, it did have... get, it is one of the most overplayed songs of that era. And now with some distance, yeah. hearing it again, it's great. Oh, it just dawned on me. We get to put one of these songs on our Spotify oh, playlist. That's fun. When we talked about doing more weeks, we didn't talk about how that's going to impact the greatest playlist on Spotify. That's true. It's exciting. 
Okay, we have more women in alternative rock Bob, coming up right now. You really wanted to Bob, we have more women in alternative rock coming up right now. Yes. This song screams 1997, by the way. It's so 97. It's so like, oh, everybody's going to start listening to Electronica. So we're going to be an alt-rock band that does that. It has, yeah, that kind of electronic drum beat thing underneath it. And uh, it does date it, for sure. Yeah. But I do like the chorus a lot. I don't like the, the verses as much, but the chorus to me is memorable. I'm into it. Naked Eye by Luscious Jackson. Yeah, I like this one. I like Luscious, Luscious Jackson. Their singles are pretty good. I don't know anything about them. But Never got deeper than their singles. I, you know which one I liked? I'm a lady fingers, baby. Sitting, I got lady fingers. Let me see your butt. <laughs> I, I, was that the collaboration? I never. I, I think I missed that one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this was the number 18 song in January 18th, the week of January 18th, 1997. How about that? So I had just turned uh, 17. You were a young 16, a youthful 16. A virginous 16. Uh, turning 17, that meant I got to start driving after uh, 8 o'clock, right? Was that the rule? I think that was, was the that rule. Was that the ruling they had? Yeah, I think you can get your license at 16, but you weren't allowed to drive in New York after 8 p.m. Although that was like as long as you don't get pulled over. But if you got pulled over, you got You're, banged. You got banged, yeah. I think it was 17 if you took driver's ed. Oh, that's true. So then uh, I had taken driver's ed, so uh, fucking all bets were off <laughs> come January 18th, 1997. I didn't get my license until I was 17, so I think I circumvented that rule. Because mm-hmm. I think if you waited a little bit longer, you didn't. Ha- once you got the license, you just had the license. Is that true? or was I, it- No, I think your parents. I think it had to do with your parents' common sense raising mm-hmm. you of just being like, do whatever you want. I, d- I rarely was driving. I didn't really have a car. Um, yeah, you were a bad driver. I was great. You've gotten good. I was always good. No, you were not good out of the bat. I was great. Like I hit the ground running. Just like you did why not is, hit the ground running? Why does this feel so natural? Hey, Dan, you hit the ground, and it was the other people running <laughs> away from your car. Nailed it. Nailed it, guys. You can see me at the Laugh Factory this Friday night. All right, move on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, Bob. Oh, yeah. Another band that we come down in different places on, Bob. Wait, I thought we were in the same place with this. I I think you think we are, but this is a good place for the discussion. I love the Chilton. What? Yeah, love them. Since when? I love them in the same way I initially loved Tom Petty as a singles artist. I think there are 15 
great Chili Peppers. No, yes. come on. Now, this isn't one of them, by the way. This isn't even one of their songs. Well, no, it's cover. a cover, so. But I think. And this is probably, probably one of my favorite Chili Pepper songs because it's a cover. And, Interesting. And I get it. The chili, they're, especially for whatever reason, with time, they've become more hateable. Um, but I could point to 15 Chili Pepper songs that I absolutely adore. I loved Under the Bridge when we were kids. Like, I was big into that. And, you know, I thought... It's one of the best songs of the 90s. Yeah, it's great. And uh, Soul to Squeeze was, I think, my Tremendous. favorite song when it came out. But after that, they lost me and never got me back. They, You know, when they had me, they definitely didn't have you at all. I loved their resurgence. You did. I remember you John loved Vichante, that. John who's like one of the best guitarists of, of that generation, came back and they did the By The Way album and they did the, the double album, something... Sanitarium or summer. Or yeah, yeah. And all the singles I liked. From like 99 to 90 to 2003, I liked all their songs. Yeah, no, I do actually remember that now that you yeah. were more into that. Anyway, uh, this... my, my favorite Red Hot Chili Pepper song is the one John Daly, the comedian, did, where he oh, put it yes, he funny. put it out pretending to be the, the, pretending to be the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and it was so bad, but everybody couldn't tell that it was it that it was a joke. We'll tweet it out. It was so fucking funny. We'll do more than tweet it out, Bob. I'm looking it up. Yes, because he was just doing what basically Anthony Kiedis did for the last 15 years is just singing about California and rhyming nonsense. <laughs> yes. So it was the perfect parody that if you played it at a party, somebody would say, oh, that's the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Well, he, yeah, he, maybe I missed what you said there because I was busy looking no, I know it up, you but he yeah. actually like tricked people into playing it on the radio. Like he leaked it on some website or something. <laughs> oh, you know what it was? <laughs> this is funny. It was right. They played the Super Bowl and it was in New York um, eh, about four years ago. And right before that, um, he leaked a song called Abra Cadabra Afornia. <laughs> <laughs> here, here it is. This, and people actually thought it was the new single from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> this makes, this makes yeah. me so happy. John Daly, is he, do you know him? Yeah. Down the I hope we don't get tricked by the Alabama scammer. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. Okay. It's so good. <laughs> good job, John Daly. John Daly. See the golfer that had the drinking problem? No, but they do have the same name. Uh, if you want to see John Daly do something hilarious, check out Go 90s, The Fifth Quarter. Look at you, Bob. Where John Get Daly and John Gemberling play the men who uh, invented basketball oh. in a sketch called Hash Browns and Potatoes. That's Bob uh, plugging his latest offering to the world. Yes, directed by me. Look at you, Bob. How about that? Top of the world. <laughs> this next song is called Tatva by Kula Shaker. At first glance, I don't recognize this. I love this song. I 
Watch out for the Alabama scammer. All right, now it's going to start. Oh, has it started? No, maybe not. Let me know when the song starts. I think we have another four minutes of him saying this. Oh, here we go. John Lennon's estates like sue him for this? I think this guy is related to somebody. The lead singer of Bobby Shankar? Of Kula Shaker. So this is Kula Shaker. Kula Shaker. Yes. Alright, this was number sixteen in January nineteen ninety seven. I don't I've this never was heard like, this before. This was like deep in the alternative world. Like it wasn't it was like never a crossover hit or anything. But it was like that and like a band's like corner shop that were like getting right. a little bit of play. That's a good song though. Yeah, well that's a good song too. I like that song. It's not gonna be on the Spotify playlist. Sorry, it's know. not about a butthole. <laughs> Alabama scammer. Uh <laughs> <laughs> can we put that on the Spotify playlist? <laughs> that would be funny. All right, next track. Oh yes. Now we're in my wheelhouse. We're in my ninety seven alternative nation wheelhouse. I love this. Are you alone now? I don't know this one. You might know the chorus. But, again, not a big hit. Here it comes. I like this. Anything? No, but I like it a lot. It's so good. So this is Fountains of Wayne. Best you, known for, I was going to say Novocaine for the Soul, but no, that's the Eels. That's the Fountains Eels. of Wayne is Stacy's mom. Stacy's mom, years later. So this was, you know, they were this like kind of weird, nothing alternative band out of New Jersey. And uh, this was their first single. And it was like, you know, I just mentioned, I'm just like name dropping like bands that nobody cared about from the 90s. Right. But it was like the Smoking Popes a couple of years before them. Right. And now like Fountains of Wayne. It was just like this band that like nobody really cared about, but had like a hit on Alternative Nation and nothing else. Right. And it was just so good. I love that sound. That is like that is alternative music to me. Definitely has the all the um, hallmarks of alternative rock in 1997 for sure. Bob, like it, nice song. Yeah, I like. I it. didn't think I'd be introduced to a song on this countdown, but there it is. That's funny. How about that? Uh, we are actually talked about this uh, uh, song and album. This is one headlight by the Wallflowers. Just listen to it a little bit. So long ago, I don't remember when my dad really resents my success. Wait a minute. <laughs> Bob Dylan's jealous of his son. <laughs> Why can't I be as successful as Jacob Dylan? That's so confusing. I'm the true Dylan. <laughs> Wait a second. That's, everyone knows that's the story behind the Dylan like fracture. I like that. that. Relationship. Um, you know what? Let's just, from here on out, let's play the full Wallflowers episode within this episode <laughs> and then come back and finish the countdown. Very meta. I like it. I Do I like One Headlight better than any Bob Dylan song? Oh, come on. 
probably do. Come on. Yeah, probably do. It's like this, that, to me, that's right I on should par walk, with I like, should walk out right now, just like out of respect for music. I, put, I just refuse I, I to be a part of I put one headlight right on par with like Tangled Up in Blue. Like kind of <laughs> neck and neck. Oh, God. This is not good for a brand. <laughs> is this Poe? It is Poe. Yes. And the song is called... It and rhymes with Poe. Hello. Hello. Yay. There's that shuffling backbeat again. That was kind of very late 90s. Hello, hello, hello. I felt like if you were like into a girl who was a little off the beaten path and had kind of like dark features and short hair and had like black fingernails like paint painted fingernails is that what they call painted fingernails? painted fingernails yeah um she's a poe fan and it makes you fascinated makes her even more fascinating yeah i guess there were poe fans i mean i know poe had this and she had angry johnny was the other hit probably a bigger who's hit johnny that. she said nope, that song? not that one not That's, the eldabar not the eldabar <laughs> <laughs> i like that you know it's eldabar but you still ask no uh angry johnny was her other song but uh Neither were like big hits, but what's Poe up to right now? How's Poe doing? Poe's doing okay, Bob. Good. No, actually, I don't know. She she might not even be with us anymore. Probably hard to Google. Probably easy, but we're not going to do it. Don't know this one either. Okay. What was I doing that I was not plugged in on the Hello by Poe? What was I doing in January 97? I was listening to K-Rock and yeah. watching MTV. No, you should have. This should have crossed your path. Probably wasn't paying. It might have been like, like for instance, in January '97. If I'm watching Alternative Nation, um, there's a good chance I'm way plugged in on this song. Oh, of course. And I'm like, when Poe comes on, I'm waiting for Better Than Ezra to come. That on. sounds right. That's yeah. you. Yeah, That's let's you. listen to this because this song's a fucking banger. Where they turned out your lights, I don't know if I'd say that this is a podcast hosted by two Better Than Ezra fans, but we both <laughs> like this. Both respect lot. Better Than Ezra. Both... Um, Oddly, had a lot of respect for Friction, comma baby. Oh yeah, <laughs> the 1997 Better Than Ezra release or 96 it must have been, uh, which had uh, King of New Orleans, which is as good as any alternative rock song in that era. Wait, I'll no, say. King of New Orleans came later, didn't it? No, it was the. First oh yeah, song that's right. This Friction, is comma, this baby. is deluxe. No, this is the same album. This, this is, is also Friction, comma baby. Friction, comma baby. So deluxe had good. Deluxe had good and in the blood. That's it. That's what I was thinking. Which I got confused with banger. in the blood. Yeah. God damn. They have so many good songs. I know. And um, is better than Ezra the '90s version of? I know he's a solo artist, but Pete Yorn in the aughts. You know, like, no, because they had big hits. Did they? Yeah. This was like, I think they made bank in the '90s. 
like was good more popular than for Nancy because it already I is. I think so. Yeah, I think good might have even crossed over. Interesting. Good anyway. is big. Better than Ezra. Technically, the first band I ever saw live. Really? Because they played like four songs at the Tower Records in Nanuet sometime in 1996. I remember that because I remember you calling me and you were going. And then yeah. you had one of those weird, I didn't go. And then you had one of those always awkward situations where you saw one of our teachers in a real life setting. Saw a teacher rocking out to BTE. Yeah. And uh, went up to the dude afterwards. Miss Arnie, we can say it. Was it Miss Arnie? It was Miss Arnie. That's yeah. right. It was Miss Arnie. Um, and then I went up to him afterwards, and I said, "Who like, the doofy singer?" Yeah, the doofy singer. Yeah, and like nobody else was. Yeah, the, I, he was the tall, gawky guy with curly hair. Yep. And I was like, "Hey, great show, man!" And he's like, "Oh, thanks." And he like <laughs> shook my hand, and I was like, "I met a rock star." And then he's like, "Where do I get the pussy?" <laughs> And I was like, All right here. Right. And I showed him my butthole and he said, hack up your skirt a little more. I see the solar system. <laughs> yeah. Better than those was good. Um, well, a couple more things better than Ezra. Because <laughs> there's a lot to unpack. Because um, we're never going to do a better than Ezra podcast. So I might would, as well get it out now. <laughs> I would turn this off and start Friction Baby right now. Um, number one, they sold out horribly about... Four years after this, where they made a very turn of the millennium oh, album God, with samples yeah. and very cutesy lyrics, and it was just it like, was terrible. They completely sold out their values for radio hit. What was that terrible song they did? I don't know, but they played my campus also around that time, and I had tickets to go. Yeah, and then I something came up and I didn't go. Um, oh yeah, they they were like doing like hip hop lines yes. within their song. Like, I love you like rubber bands love to rotate. Like, yeah, kind of it was yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. Bad. plus anyway. their name. They never got past their name. They're another casualty of having a cutesy name of the 90s and the joke of like, oh, what about Ezra? Like, first of all, I feel bad for everybody named Ezra. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they curse themselves with their name, like Hootie and the Blowfish and so many others. Yeah. And the, the second point I had was um, when I worked for uh, in the mid aughts, I worked at MLB.com. Name dropper. Major League Baseball. It was not a good job. I didn't enjoy it there. Uh, but um, I sat next to a guy. Uh, in fact, there was three different guys in the same area, this bullpen where we worked, that were monster BTE fans. Really? First of all, they had a uh, name for better than Ezra fans. What was it? They were called the Ezraites. Ooh, bad. And I think it's biblical, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Right. I don't like it. And <laughs> make peace with Bob. <laughs> make peace with God, Bob, before no, you said it's it right too late. The first time. <laughs> um, and they're better than Ezra used to. They're from New Orleans. Yes, of course. Um, Famous. King of New Orleans. They uh, would go on a rock cruise. They would host a rock cruise every year. And they would be the headliners and other bands, probably a lot of local bands from Louisiana, would be on it. And they would every year because uh, it would fall during the off-season from baseball, uh, they would go on the Better Than Ezra cruise and meet up with fellow Ezraites. Wow. So there was something going on there. Yeah, we got to get on that boat. Can you imagine? Let's do it. They talked about it in hushed, ter- like, hushed tones. Like the ro- the Ezra cruise is coming up. Goddamn. Let's listen to the chorus. A long December and there's reason to believe 
Let's be little better than Ezra fans and now listen to the Counting Crows, our favorite band. One of our favorite <laughs> bands ever. No, we like better than Ezra, but you know, I, I wouldn't even get on a Counting Crows cruise. Come on. I don't know. Maybe I would actually. That's that 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 simple. Could be very mellow. Right, listen to this. It's one more day up in the canyon. And it's one more night in Hollywood. If you're you, know, the... you know what the song is missing? What? Uh, it's missing our friend Jason Zumwalt. <laughs> Just verbal diarrheaing all over it because he's too drunk. <laughs> Love you, Jay. Love you, Jason. Gotta get Jay back in the garage. Come back. Uh, yes, Jay was on. We did a whole <laughs> podcast on Recovering the Satellites, which is the second Counting Crows album, which is uh, where you could find A Long December, the song we're listening to there. So if you want to listen to Jay disintegrate. It was, a, it was the second podcast of the night, and he was drinking scotch. <laughs> um, but uh, that is, uh, we talk about that song plenty, if you're interested. Why would you be? Don't Why worry. would you be? But find something better to do with your fucking life. <laughs> that is about <laughs> the audience. Uh, that is on the short list of the um, great Crow songs. It's a perfect. So of course, it's a perfect song. All right, let's keep moving. Let me see where we are in this countdown. Yeah, where are we? What? Probably not far enough. You're a shitty Adam Curry. No offense. <laughs> uh, we are. Uh, this is number ten. We're into the top ten. Oh my god, we got to get moving. Uh, so let's see. This is. Soundgarden. Ooh, a little R.I.P. to Chris Cornell. R.I.P. to Chris Cornell. Uh, the song Blow Up the Outside World. Any thoughts on this one? Was this off uh, Down on the Upside? Yes. Yeah, Which I like that album. a good album. It's a good album. There I don't were... love this one, but it, they this album has two of my favorite Soundgarden songs. One was Pretty Little Noose. Yep. Wait, uh, was that on this one? That was on Down okay. on the Upside. And I think it was the first single. Okay. And then it had. Follow me. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's one of my favorite Soundgarden songs. I really like Soundgarden. I was, uh, I was, I think, an under the radar Soundgarden fan for a little bit. Are you to Soundgarden what I am to the Chili Peppers? Maybe I don't know because I don't hold it to this day. But I really like Super Unknown. I went back and got the. Uh, Bad motor finger and listen to that. Mm. Like I liked, I like Soundgarden. R.I.P. Chris Cornell. Uh, yes, wish he wasn't dead. In fact, I, um, what I saw, Bob. You might know I'm a U2 fan. Are you aware of you, that? the band? Is that? Are, is, I can't remember if that's been a bane of your existence for like 25 years now. No, I love talking to you as you just fucking. You know what I kind of miss because we don't get like blackout drunk the way we used to. I miss you cornering me in bars and like getting angry at me for not liking you too. And just like really drunkenly trying to tell me what I'm missing because they're so important. You haven't done that in a while. Maybe it's time. Maybe we're overdue. (laughs) Um, I saw them play the Rose bowl last year, like two days after Chris Cornell died. And um, first of all, they played black hole sun. They didn't play it, but they played the single before they took the stage, which was cool. And everybody was into it. But um, the guitarist, what's his name? The guitarist from Rage Against the Machine, Tom Morello, okay. who was also in Audio Slave with mm-hmm. Chris Cornell. He was in this um, general admission area with me, which I found weird that he was there at this concert two days after Chris Cornell died. But I guess, what what's do? he going to do? Life goes on. Sit Shiva. You like that, Bob? Yeah, I do. All right, this is uh, a really good song. It's a song. 
more unlikely a hit song in the 90s that used copacetic in a rhyming scheme or used cumbersome in a rhyming scheme <laughs> in a chorus oh that's copacetic be cumbersome what's harder to rhyme copacetic pathetic is the straight line cumbersome cumbersome's harder become cumbersome but didn't even actually rhyme yeah he never rhymes it that's I a shitty song actually let's be honest cumbersome yeah I, I know i liked it when it came out but it didn't last long doesn't even i have become cumbersome to, to my world. girl or to, to this my, world to my girl the, let's talk about a better song bound for the floor yeah i like this. local h a total one-hit wonder of uh, modern rock and this is like when i think of listening to k-rock in new york in 1997 and when you listen to uh, when you listen to different um, <laughs> um, 90s rock stations on Sirius, yeah. if you're driving around, this whenever this is on, it's like, oh, great choice. Yeah. I, th- I think they had a second hit. They had, like, I think three. This was, like, their biggest hit. They did have a second hit. Um, uh, I can't remember. They had a song called Eddie Vedder that had, like, a little bit of buzz. But there was a second hit. I can't remember what it is. I hope I hope there are people in their cars right now screaming at us because like they're fans of local H. How many local H fans are out there? Uh, All the kids are right. Some like title like that maybe. I was thinking Ball and Chain, but that's social distortion. I think it's All the Kids Are Right. If only you were staring at your computer right now, you could help Uh, us out. Not going to. We got a lot to do. (laughs) We do. (laughs) All right, move on. Keep moving. So we're at number eight. Here's a band that it's time to talk about them, Bob. Because if we're doing a podcast that dabbles in 90s alternative rock. Oh, I don't think we have to, though. I don't think we have to talk about them too much. Because I Why not? There's no way we're not going to do this album at some point. You think? I do. I do think so. Well, let's listen to a little bit right now. What I got. You might have heard this before. Reason things went wrong. I can still get high I can play the guitar Like a motherfucking riot Alright, so The little arrow on the charts Is it green going up or red going down here? Green going up Red going down You know, when you look at the Yeah, I'm looking at it Okay What do you want to know? Did this come out? It's going down, Bob Okay, so this was probably the biggest hit of the summer Six months earlier Yes This song was fucking tremendous and yes. it was a summer song and here we are in january yes and it was still a top 10 song although it, did, I, it, it was a summer song wasn't it It was I'm, definitely a summer song was santeria after this yeah yeah it was because that was another monster it actually you know what you're absolutely right because this was the huge summer um of 96 hit and then it's i think even by summer of 97 wrong way was a big hit yeah or they, spring or summer this album was so tremendous and these songs were just unavo- unavoidable inescapable yeah. and good i loved it i love this album he got banged bradley Knoll. he by... od'd before the album came out and then had arguably arguably like a top five 
like most popular beloved alternative album of the decade. Oh uh, yeah, that's kind of shitty. And uh, his bandmates got banged as well because they had to live through that, having the success, but also knowing they could have been yeah. so much bigger. And they even like they brought in another guy. Yeah, but you know what are you gonna do? Sad. Um, the dog died eventually too. Remember they had the Dalmatian. Yep, that thing died. As that well. thing's dead. Everything yep. dies. Everything dies, including me at the end of the season. Do you know that, um, speaking of dead people, but that song is like in the 80s. It was like the 80s version of um, Here I Go Again on My Own, where there were two versions of it. Yeah. And there was an album version and a single version that were a little bit different, but you always wanted to hear the one that was more popular. And then sometimes maybe there was Napster or whatever, like, oh, I have the wrong version. That version of what I got had the guitar. Remember, like, mm, yeah, I like that. Well, there was that. That's the version I like. But then there was also like, because it was weird. It was a weird time for music because you would have like those alternative versions of a song, like the Third Eye Blind, Semi Charm Life, where there was the one on the radio, and then there was the one where like that middle eight went on a lot longer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And it's like that was exciting when that came on the radio because you weren't expecting it. Right. You're like, oh, cool, he's still going. We w- <laughs> I wish Third Eye Blind is not on this, but we're going to get to Third Eye Blind eventually. This is the Stone Temple Pilots, of course, Lady Picture Show, uh, which was, what album is this? This is songs from the Vatican Gift Shop. I believe so, yeah. Which has, to me, the most underrated STP song. Do you agree? Big Bang Baby? Yes. Definitely. Great video, too. Great video. Ahead of its time video in terms yeah. of like... It was kind of a retro 80s throwback thing before people were doing that kind of stuff. Yep. Scott Weiland died a couple of years ago. It's so weird that we're in the top 10 and three of the four artists we've hit so far are dead. Oh, my God. You're right. 10, 8, and 7. That's uh, weird. Which one are you most sad about being dead? Ooh, Dave Matthews. <laughs> By the way, the lead singer of Local H died, and we just don't know. <laughs> I know, exactly. Uh, this is not my favorite SDP No, I don't song. love it. I don't hate it. I don't love it. Uh, but it's a, it's nice for what it is. It's fine. Nice little uh, move on. mid-tempo, lazy Sunday song. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Would you fuck to this or sleep to this? I do both. You know that. Okay. I always do both. I, I can't tell. This is like on the... On the uh, the chart, like if it's leaning one direction or the other, or it's kind of right down the middle for you. One Direction, that band, that's a band I fuck to. Oh, yeah, currently the slow ballads. <laughs> no, like the pop bangers. All right, <laughs> good. Too. You're getting up there. Your um, I like um, STP a lot, so I feel like we're shortchanging them here, but we got to keep moving, and we will we'll get to. I think we should do Purple down the line. Me too, absolutely. And maybe we'll do that soon. In fact, uh, but coming up next, another. Bohemoth of uh, the 90s. Mm. Beautiful song. Speak to me in a language which was a single... On Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, their crazy-ass double album, but completely forgotten by time, I think, by what? most people. What? This the, song. Oh, this song. Yeah, yeah. But this is Well, it was eclipsed. Pretty amazing. Because of that album, it was eclipsed by 1979 and Tonight Tonight, 
and this just got Bullet with of, Butterfly Wings. Right. Like, those three songs were so inescapable huge that there were other good singles. Oh, yeah. That kind of Muzzle and so many good ones. Zero, Muzzle, and then I believe this um, rounded out the singles. And this is, like, such a great... This is also on my sleep slash make love list. <laughs> See, you call it Fuck Bob. I don't do that. I would... Um, I would say that this is the album we get tweeted at the most often to do. And I would love to, but guys, how are we going to do this? What do we do? Tell, give us a solution on how we do a double album. Do we do two episodes on this? We can't well, they're like, hey, dummies, you're doing it right now with 20 songs. And that double album is like 22 songs. No, so figure it out. Fuck faces. It's hard. <laughs> it's a lot of work. We don't have that in they're us. They're throwing a go fuck yourself at us. Bob. It's no, it's too much work for us, guys. We're tired. Um. Yeah, I guess my my takeaway from Melancholy Infinite Status. First of all, it's the first double album I ever got. So okay, it's kind of sense. Yeah. It, which was not a not a small thing because it cost like twenty four dollars. Yeah, it was a big deal. Uh, so it was a big purchase, twenty five even maybe something like that. Um, and I don't as a as a whole like I don't love the album as a whole like track by track. I just adore seven singles on it. Adore. I like what you did there because that was their next. Nice. nice. That was a purpose. I know. Not at all. Not yeah. at all. Um, no, I agree. Like, there's too many songs I don't care about when you spread it out over the two albums. I would do like a best of Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness episode. <laughs> That's really specific. <laughs> we were just talking before the show. I was like, how do we do? We don't want to be like too niche on this show. Yeah. It's like, all right, now here's our best of one album from 1976 <laughs> mix. Uh, show. Uh, I love 33. I absolutely love it. In yeah, fact, I made um, a, I think I called it Deep 90s Alternative Mix uh, last year, and I put it on Spotify, and um, I tweeted it out and tried to get some people to follow. and got some followers on it, Humble okay. Greg, and 33 was my choice for the Smashing Pumpkins because it's kind of mm-hmm. off the radar, and it's also kind of perfect. Yeah. And nice. Congratulations on that. Big accomplishment. If you want to look up how many people are following that, it's pretty good. It's like 39 people. All right. Next oh. up. Where are we? Is this uh, top five? Engines. Almost there. And thumping in time. The green light flashes. The flags go No, you're right. This is five. All right. They yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. What were you saying earlier was the first band you ever saw live? Better than Ezra. This is the first band I ever saw. When we went to see, because I don't count, I did see the Monkees opening for Weird Al or the other way around at Jones Beach in 86. But that was my sister's thing. Oh, you're so lucky. Yeah. Wait, let's listen to this chorus. He's going the distance. He's going for speed She's all alone All alone alone in a time of need Perfect Because he's racing and pacing and plotting the course He's fighting and fighting and riding on his horse He's going the distance This is like the soundtrack of our youth Um The first concert I ever went to My sister fell in love with the monkeys Based on Nick at Night reruns In the 80s and they rode that success to um, putting on a new album. What was the album they put out in the 80s, Bob? You, you were a monkey. I was just listening to it like two weeks ago. It's so funny. That <laughs> it was like that was up. then, this is now? No, well, no, there was that. was now, the single, wasn't it? Pool It. There was an album where they were in like a pool. It was called like Pool It. 
Oof. <laughs> anyway, so we, uh, my parents took me and my sister uh, to Jones Beach Amphitheater in Long Island, and we saw Weird Al open for the Monkees, but that wasn't my shit. My shit, the first show I went to was with Bob and our friend Samantha. It was uh, Cake opening for the County Crows yep. at the Beacon Theater, I believe it was, in December 1996. Yeah, it was like a month before this. And uh, they obviously played this song. I just remember walking walking into the Beacon and just hearing the horns, and it was like echoing, and it was like a magical thing. This was the perfect band to walk in for like a first real concert. Yeah, great song. Awesome Um, song. This is my Red Hot Chili Peppers. Cake? I own every Cake album. I li- I probably listen to Cake more than logic would dictate to this. But day. that's not that's not a good comparison not- because I don't own okay. multiple Chili Peppers albums. But you don't really care about Cake. I guess you don't actively. I do. like Cake. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But I love Cake a lot. That's a, like, this is a great song. Yeah. And it is a great band. They really are great, and they're unique sounding, and they got the whole thing going on. And they hung around for a long time, putting out. Big hits. They even had that short skirt, long jacket song, yep. which came out like what, like five or six years later. Yeah, and that was a revolutionary video at the time. What happened in the video? I don't remember. They were just playing the song for people on like the Venice Beach boardwalk and having them react to it. Oh yes, great. That's actually, I like that because it showed a lot of like onions. Like, yeah, we know we just created a banger, and we want people. And to we're to include the people it. that don't like it in the, in the video. Yeah. Shouts to cake. Love cake. Yeah. All right, here we go. (laughs) Bob's showing me the album cover to Pull It. Pull It. Oh, James Naismith isn't in it. Not James Naismith. He founded basketball. Mike. (laughs) Uh, What's his name? Mike Nesmith. Mike Nesmith. You know why Mike Nesmith didn't like jump in for the and apologies to 311 fans out there. We'll get no apologies. Um, Reason Mike Nesmith did not get on board with all the monkeys reunion shows in the 80s and 90s. His mom invented whiteout. Yes. Yes, I did know that. The man came from extreme wealth and he didn't need this shit. Well, and also I think he's a real musician. And he right. did not like the sort of monkeys. Dolan's thought he was a, or was a real mus- musician too. The other but. guys like kind of became real musicians, but he was like, Mike Nesmith wrote different drum. Like, that's one of the best songs. One of the best different songs. drum. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not familiar with that. Uh, I can't sing it because 311 is playing in my head right now, <laughs> and it's destroying me. Let go, Rick <laughs> I, mean, I liked I liked this in 1997. I'm not going to lie about that, but come on. All right, I'm about to. Jack up the chorus and you're gonna change your whole mind about it. Ready? No, I come back. Come okay. back. I'm not gonna go. come back. I'm back. <laughs> I remember. Remember when we lived next to the soap opera star in Hollywood? Of course, Galen uh, Garing, hot dude. Galen, I remember being at a party while we were hosting the party. Galen used to come over a lot because he was just a hot soap, soap opera star he's like well I might as well go to this party with the young people be the hottest guy by far be the hottest guy at the party it was like Don Draper showing up to your party it really was um, and one time Galen and I were having a conversation and I made a flippant reference to 311 as being like an example of like a forgotten band of the 90s 
And Galen kind of stopped me in my tracks and said, hey, man, these guys are friends of mine. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, you know what? You learn that out here in Hollywood is to never talk about anybody because every somebody knows them. Don't, don't talk don't shit about 311 to Galen Garing in Days of Our Lives. <laughs> that's what I learned on that day in 2008. Uh, so that's the number four. Well, you know song. what? I feel weird because this um, there's a little Easter egg on the throwback podcast logo that I feel like we just broke. There's, you know, if you look at the logo, we have uh, 23 seconds in and then minus sign 311 mm. as like a way to say we're not going to do 311, but we just did it. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Yeah. We're probably not going to do a 311 album. So that's <laughs> that's that's good. Uh, I like Down. I liked uh, they did the Cure cover, which is effective. Remember the Cure cover? Yeah. It was uh, kind of. I don't was know. It? Love song, maybe it was on the never been. No, it was on the what was the one where Adam Sandler rapes Drew Barrymore because she has a brain injury? 51st dates, yeah, it was on the 51st <laughs> dates soundtrack. That's how they describe it on Netflix, by the way. <laughs> What's this number? Where are we? Two? This is uh, number three, buddy. Let's listen. By the way, I don't want to spend too much time on this one either because we we're have to do, do this. Tragic Kingdom. Yeah, we're going to do Dragon. Yeah. We just did Jagged Little Pill, our season one finale, Jagged Little Pill. So we, might we went out a with a little bang. space. Season one ended strong. Yeah, we want to space out uh, Tragic Kingdom, which was like the next monster album with a uh, female at the front. But yeah. here's the chorus. It's pretty hot. Um, that's when uh, Stefani was wearing like the blue it was almost like a, a very like housewife of the 50s blue dress remember the video mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh yeah that video I mean it's constant and she got rid of like that's when she started to lean into being one of the most beautiful women in music because at the beginning of this album cycle she had like stupid bangs and a dumb like bead and her like forehead beads all over her face and it was just like and stupid like, clothes and wearing it was just, dumb like, clothes dent Jumping around to just a girl or spider webs. And this yeah. was where she was like, was like, like, oh, by the way, I'm an I'm 11. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Still is. I was like, is. she's beautiful. She's a beautiful woman. But more importantly, she's beautiful in spirit. Yeah. She's got a lot to say. <laughs> you had different words back in the day. Bob. I love Gwen Stefani. She's she's top tier for me. All is t- she? All timer. Yeah. Is she on the Mount Rushmore for you? I think she might be. Gwen Stefani or um, Cardigans? Not a bro podcast, but that's a tough question. Let me think about it as we play the next song. No, that's you. I've now discovered that when you get uncomfortable, you want to move to the next song. Gwen Stefani. Stefani? Yeah, Stefani. Okay. Don't let people think that you can't talk about what women are. are I don't think to that. You. I'm fine. Don't let with this that. movement going on around us outside this garage say <laughs> yeah. that we no longer are allowed to talk about women who we find attractive. I like that the movement's happening outside the garage. Like the movement stops <laughs> it, when you get to, the can't get to the door. As long as the door is closed. <laughs> oh no. We're safe. Bob. You're part of the problem, man. I'm wearing all black right now. <laughs> it is true. Bob showed up in a black dress. Different uh, drum. Ready? Hold on. You and I travel to the beat of a different drum. I don't know what to do, do, do. 
When you make eyes at me. Was it like Sheena Easton or something? Yeah, it was a huge hit. But he wrote it. It's his song. Okay. Mike Nesmith, real real musician. He's like a rich mama's boy to me. You hate you hate people with money. <laughs> it's that cold now. All right, here we go. What was that? That <laughs> was Don't Speak. That was more Spanish. I thought it was talk. like some 80s sitcom for a second. All right, we're to the number two song of the week of January 18th, 2000, or 1997. Here we go, Bob. And it is a little irony. Isn't it ironic? You ready? Warm song, feed me or is it coincidence? Coincidence more so. Loaded up, loathing for a change. I like how they just get right to this chorus, which I love. Yeah. yeah. Go! Bang! Yeah! Yeah! Gotta warn, I gotta warn the listeners. One of these songs is going on the Spotify playlist. Maybe it's some uh, some late bias here, but you're, these are like the, the two biggest swallowed fans in the world yes. in this garage right now. No one loves mid period Bush more than Bob and I. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love swallowed. Look, you can take your 16 stone love and no. stick it up your ace. Come on. Um, uh, we really like this song. <laughs> I love this song. Just want to be, be myself. Hey, you said you would <laughs> love it so much. Love to try some. Hey, you said you would love to die some. Yeah. In the middle of the world on a fish hook. You're the wave, you're the wave, you're the wave. Go, go. Yes, go, yes, go. You got it, Gavin. You fucking got it. I saw Gavin Rossdale last year, and my wife and I went to um, a Korean restaurant in La Cienega, right by um, that bar that closed, Bob, that was across from the Stinking Rose. Oh, it was like the Phoenix or Phoenician or something? Yeah, and it was a really good restaurant. Gavin Rossdale was there with all his kids. This was after his divorce from Gwen Stefani. Singer of No Doubt, and um, he was hanging out with this other guy and their kids, and then they all had dinner. And we, when I got to the valet to pick up my car, um, I was just me and Gavin Rossdale and all his little rugrats. Mm-hmm. They were, no, they weren't rugrats; they were like seven, eight in that zone. And then they all piled into like a vintage Jeep Cherokee, and then I assume drove back to a massive palatial estate in Malibu. Yeah, it sounds right. I was thinking how it must be pretty cool to be Kevin Rostow. Yeah, that's good. Even though, like, you didn't, like, you didn't need that experience to think that. Yeah, like, he's a little older than us. He's probably actually close to 50 now. But, like, even with setbacks, like a divorce and all this stuff, and he's doing all right. He hasn't had a hit in a while, but that's all fine because he put out, like, seven really great songs, Once Upon a Time, still can tour if he needs to, and uh, has some great stories and a lot of money and kids. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Now, if you could have kept things going with Gwen, even better. It didn't Maybe. work out. Maybe. Who knows? Just, I'm sure he's in a good place. Where does Gavin Rossdale fall on? Top tier. The, you know, oh, not, not, not bangability, oh. which obviously is near the top. But if you could be one 90s lead singer and just live in his shoes for a year, 
Who he's high on the he's high on the list. I would probably be Liam Gallagher, personally. Oh well, he's top of the list, absolutely. But Gavin is not far off. The only thing is nobody respects you critically. Bush kind of got banged in the critics corner, but if you're if you're basically like a perfect looking male and you're rich and you have you're writing kind of cool fun songs who cares what they think unless yeah. you if, unless you really do care maybe he did and he was miserable i don't know we're getting way too deep into gavin rostow right now are we though maybe not deep enough i don't know i can't tell anymore who would be your pick would it be the guy from better than ezra it would be the goofball from better than ezra or ben folds oh don't be ben folds i'm not gonna be ben folds all right, here's the number one song, and I'm really surprised that it's the number one song, but whatever. I mean, you know, things happen that surprise it's you all really, the time. All right, play it. You ready? I'm ready. Here's the number one song in January 1997. January uh, 18th, specifically. January, The week of January 18th, 1997, 21 years ago this week. I think I just figured it out, by the way, why this is number one. Bear with me. Vamp, Bob. Oh, okay. Well, we're playing the song. Oh, now we're not playing the song anymore. Okay, this is uh, Garbage. Of course, what's the name of the song? I don't remember. Number one crush. Number one crush. Yeah, Garbage, not a forgotten band of the 90s, but like a bit of an underrated 90s band that doesn't, you know, I think because they didn't kind of, I don't know what you want me to do here. You're, you're completely oh, tuned vamping. out. I know I'm vamping, but I, I, I want to know where you're going with this. All right, you blew it. You failed your <laughs> vamping test. I didn't know um, it was a test. All right. I was trying to figure out why this was the number one song because it's a perfectly fine garbage song certainly not the best garbage song no it's good this is the first of all it was the um, single that was released in October 96 for garbage however it was track one the lead off track on the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack again the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack people I don't know how well, Romeo and Juliet has traveled in pop culture, but like, it really grabbed girls. It did, uh, yeah. Young Leo in his prime, Claire Danes. It was Leo just entering his prime. Yeah, like that like Mike Trout age twenty two season type <laughs> thing. Um, so where you were still kind of getting it on the yeah. ground floor on it, and and Love Fool, like we said, was on that as well. So this album, everyone had it. Yeah, it was, and this everywhere. was the first song. On it. That makes sense. And it was re-released officially in February 97. And it was called The Love Love Theme from Romeo and Juliet. Maybe it was like an instrumental version of this. I would imagine, yeah. Um, Did you ever see that? I've never seen it. I've never seen it, no. Yeah. No, it looks like nonsense. It was like a reinterpretation of the Shakespeare book. Yeah. Calm down, everybody. (laughs) Calm down, everybody in the (laughs) 90s. Uh, so this is the product of teenage girls scooping up uh, a, a motion picture soundtrack 
at insane levels. Yeah. Because there are better songs in this top 20 list. There's no better way to go number one than appealing to teenage girls, as the 90s taught us. Yeah. You ever hear a Titanic? Or, or, or as the 50s taught us. I guess it's kind of always been the case. That's the good way call. to do it. Wow, this is a long show. This is a really long show. Maybe, um, then, maybe this new idea of ours uh, is not good because it's way too long. Bob, have a little confidence. Let us know, people. No, 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 no I, I threw that out there so the people can tell themselves. us. No, they don't have to tell us. Wait, them. they should go fuck themselves because we talk too long? <laughs> yes, they should absolutely do that. <laughs> um, there we go. Top 20. We'll probably do a top 15 in the future. Maybe that's the uh, That was my idea before we started. So. Uh, but you said 15 is a weird And then number. I was like, oh, why don't we do 10? And Bob's like, no, we can't do that. I didn't say shimmy, it like that. Shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. <laughs> 15's a weird number. I don't know about 15. It is, it is but now I've come around. <laughs> Thank you. So it's a good idea. Um. Anyway, who cares? Who cares? We'll be back next week. But not until we pick a song real quick for our Spotify playlist. Oh, yes, Bob. Ooh, so, this is really hard. It's really, really hard. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. This might take another 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, throw, out, throw out three. Because you have the list in three? front of you. Three? Yeah, you have the list in front of you right now. Throw out the three that you're thinking. Okay. I'll throw you, I'll throw you three. You want three? I'll give you three. Desperately Wanting by Better Than Ezra. Okay. Bound for the Floor by Local H. Okay. And Swallowed by Bush. Oh, no. Those are the three I have. You asked me to throw out three? I did ask you for that. That's what I'm throwing out. All right. I'm saying no to Bound for the Floor. Wow. Because here's why. I like it. But we. I feel like we kind of... When we had that episode, your mixtape episode, and we picked Molly by Sponge. Yes. Plus, we have Lifehouse on that list. I feel like we have some things on there. What that, does Lifehouse have to do with this? I feel like we just have some, some things on there that don't make a lot of sense. I disagree with everything you just said. And having whatever. Local H on the same playlist, I, I, I think it starts making less sense. What do you mean sense? I don't even know what the hell you're talking it about. It means right <laughs> I'm, making, I'm making sense here. Um no, I think you made three big mistakes there. I feel like you could have done better on all three of them. I uh, made a mistake throwing that to you. How about I throw out three? And then well, we'll I s- think you could predict how this is going to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing out Love Fool. Basic. I'm throwing out Radiation Vibe by Fountains of Wayne. Don't get over yourself, hipster. And I, You really are throwing that out. And I'm throwing out The Distance by Cake. I mean... The distance we could we could do, but how dare you? Like, <laughs> oh, I, I'm using the Fountain of Wayne song. Check out my playlist. How cool it is! Come on, it's Bob. not that cool. They made Stacy's mom. They're not that exactly. cool. Exactly. It was like, oh, but this was before Stacy's mom. That's your angle on this. <laughs> I have no angle on it. It's a, it's a good. <laughs> well, let's that... just do distance because I'm disgusted. <laughs> I'm disgusted. <laughs> the fuck, distance by fuck cake. season two. I hate season two. <laughs> That that did not go too well, but I'm I'm totally <laughs> cool with the distance. I, as we said, what else needs to be said today? Wait, You're look, doing swallowed. Wait, oh. why is swallowed not the choice? You bamboozled oh. us. <laughs> no, this is the choice. Reluctantly right. crouched. It's so good. Uh, check us out on Twitter at Throwback Pod. Check us out on Instagram at throwback pod yep uh email us don't know the email address but it's on our twitter page we're very professional bob it's the throwback are you sure i don't know bear with bob vamp this is your vamp redemption tour uh thank you again oh happy birthday to eric who's running our instagram you're doing a great job eric uh love you buddy you're old we're both old 
Dan takes a long time to look up stuff online. <laughs> your vamping sense. Our email is thethrowbackpod at gmail.com. So hit us up there. Uh, thank you for listening. We will be back next week with more, more throwbacks. More throwback stuff. Right. We'll see you then. See That was a HeadGum Podcast.